We hope you enjoy our homily podcast. Please consider supporting the ministry of Our Lady of Lourdes by donating to the Future Full of Hope Capital Campaign at lourdesdenver.org. We are so grateful for your support. Good morning, everyone. So today, uh, the Feast of the Baptism of the Lord. Today is the end of the Christmas season, so you can take down your decorations now. And as you know, if you already did, I have judged you in my heart, <laughs> you pagans. Um, but yeah, so today is the end of the Christmas season, and we're going to talk about baptism. Baptism is so hard, we cannot cover everything about baptism. Baptism is the center of our faith in some ways, not quite as much as the Eucharist, but it is so rich, it's so powerful. Baptism, as St. Paul tells us in Romans 6, when you get baptized, the day you were baptized, you actually die on the cross with Jesus. In Romans 6, he says, Do you not know, brothers and sisters, that those of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried with him through baptism into death, so that just as the Father raised Christ to new life, you and I might have new life. Baptism is the way that the cross of Christ is applied to your life. It's not just that I want it to be applied. God made a way that you and I share in his death. I always tell our CIA class, only one person rises from the dead. Right? I don't have that power. Only Jesus does, but the way he gave us to share in his resurrection was by sharing in his death, which is baptism. I, I, in Luke chapter 12, Jesus says, I have a baptism with which to be baptized, and how I wish it were here. And it's totally clear he's talking about the cross. Mark's gospel links the two of them very closely together. There's on and on and on. Colossians chapter 2 tells us that Baptism is the circumcision of the New Testament. I know what you're thinking. Yes. If you're a guy, you're like, yes. I am so glad it's baptism now. What was circumcision? In the Old Testament, circumcision is the sign that you belong to the family. When the day you're circumcised as a Jewish man, Jewish boy... That's the day you enter the family. Guess what? In the New Testament, Colossians 2 and 3, St. Paul tells us that baptism is the moment you come into the family of God. There are so many different things. It's the day that wipes out original sin, allows you to battle against it. It's the day you're adopted as a son or a daughter of God. I could go on and on, but I want to talk about my favorite romantic comedy. Okay? So my favorite rom-com, and I don't know if I've told you this I was thinking the other day, I'm like, I think I'm finishing my fourth year at Lourdes this year. Is that right? Maybe fifth? No, it's going to be my fifth year at Lourdes. In June, I've been here five years. I'm like, gosh, I'm running out of stories. So I don't know if I've told you this. My favorite romantic comedy, and objectively the best one in history, is called Return to Me. If you have not seen Return to Me, you have not yet lived. You have to see this movie. Return to Me was written, the, the script's written by Bonnie Hunt, who apparently is a really strong Catholic. Uh, it's a hilarious movie, predictable storyline. So 
Spoiler alert, I'm going to ruin the movie for you, but it happens in the first five minutes, so get over it. In the beginning of that movie, David Duchovny uh, has a wife, and at the very beginning, she's killed in a tragic car accident. And I, I watched it with my best friend one time, like a number of years ago, with him and his wife, and he was like, Brian, what are we watching? I'm like, gets better, just wait for it. But the story as it goes is they parallel David Duchovny's wife, and they parallel in that story many driver who needs a heart transplant. Uh, and it's a great predictable plot line. What happens, right, is that the wife passes, but her heart is given to this young woman, Minnie Driver. And it it's, makes for some fun things. There's a lot of great Catholic humor in this movie. It's absolutely hilarious. I just love it. But what happens is that Minnie Driver gets that heart. And there's this scene a little bit into the movie where she's at the zoo with some family members. And David Duchovny walks by and they're total strangers. But her heart that she has, which is of the, the former wife, kind of like skips a beat when he walks by. Wouldn't that be so weird? What if you had a heart transplant and you like no longer loved your husband? You're like, I don't know why, but I just don't love you anymore. I love that guy in the third pew. <laughs> Gosh, is he good looking. Predictable storyline, right? So these two, they, they fall in love. You should go watch it. Here's what I want to talk to you about today. Imagine, imagine if, right, we all have physical hearts, but we also know when we speak of the heart, we don't just mean the physical organ, right? When we speak of our hearts, we mean love, right? We mean that, that deepest part of ourself that is given over to others and hopefully to God, right? The deepest thing in, inside each of us. It's a spiritual reality. It's connected to your physical heart. That's called hylomorphism, and our philosophy professors can teach to you that, that to you sometime. Not today. Here's what I want to talk to you about today. Brothers and sisters, the, the conviction of the New Testament and the Old Testament is that you need a new heart. You need a new heart. And that's the difference, St. Paul tells us in one way, that's the difference between the Old Testament and the New Testament. Is that our hearts, we all know what's right to do in our second reading today. It's one of my favorite readings. Titus chapter 2 and into chapter 3. St. Paul says, God, the grace of God appeared for the salvation of everyone, of all men. And it has trained us to renounce irreligion and worldly passions. And you're like, check, okay, God came the grace of Jesus Christ appeared in our world and it trained us to live a certain way, right? To live religious lives and to overcome worldly passions. What are worldly passions? Lust, hatred, pride, jealousy, envy, right? The love of God broke into our lives and it said, you've got to overcome these things. And it taught us to live sober, upright, and godly lives in this world. 
But here's the thing. I, if I asked any one of you, do you want to live like that? You'd say yes. And you know what's right. You know, no one, no one ever comes to me in the confessional and says, you know, Father Brian, I am so sorry. I just didn't know it was wrong to completely destroy my neighbor's reputation. I just didn't know that. Oh, and I didn't know that it was wrong to commit adultery. I just, I just didn't know. But now I found out and now I know. We know how we're supposed to live. The problem is it's really hard and sometimes we just don't want to do it. Lord, I know I'm supposed to love my enemies. I know I'm supposed to be disciplined. I know I'm supposed to overcome jealousies and envies. Right? I know I'm supposed to overcome my lusts and my pride. But it's really hard. And there's days I'm not sure that I want to. Brothers and sisters, the grace of the new covenant is God tells us that you and I can have a new heart. And the way he does that is through the Holy Spirit. So oftentimes in Christianity, and you've heard me talk about this, it's so easy to think that Christianity is a set of rules and dogmas, right? You check the boxes on dogmas. Okay, Jesus, Son of God, check. Second person of the Holy Trinity, don't understand, but Father Brian said so, check. Uh, Eucharist, flesh and blood of Jesus, check. And then you have a moral life, right? Stop, stop, I don't know, stop cutting people off in traffic and flipping them off, check, for half of you, right? Stop doing this, check, stop doing that, check, don't get drunk, check. And that makes you a Christian. But no, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. Rich Mullins says, you could profess the Apostles' Creed until Christ returns, but if you don't love the way he asks us to love, you never were a Christian. And this is what it's about. This is the good news today. Brothers and sisters, God wants to give you a new heart. What if you woke up today, you know, and maybe you did. I feel like, Lord, you guys are so awesome. But I'm sure some of you woke up today and said, oh, it's Sunday, I have to go to church what if you woke up today and you said, I can't wait to go to church? What if you woke up at six in the morning and you said, I can't wait to spend my life and my morning with God? Hey, what if you saw that person who's really struggling and maybe you saw a homeless person and you said, I can't wait to go out and find that person and walk with them and help them to get on their feet? The problem is not that you and I don't know what's wrong. The problem is, is that we have hearts that are corrupt. And mine certainly is. So St. Paul again says this, 2 Corinthians 3, he says, you are a letter from Christ delivered by us, written not with ink, right? It's not a letter that God wrote. He put it in ink, not like, this, not like the New Testament. He says, you are a letter written not with ink, but with the spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone. What was written on tablets of stone? 
The Ten Commandments were written on stone tablets. Paul says the new law of the New Testament is written not on tablets of stone, but on the tablets of human hearts. I sometimes struggle to do what St. Paul tells me to today. Right, to live a sober, upright, and godly life in this world. And part of the reason for that is because I feel like the law is out here. There's this law written out there, and I have to try to live up to it. But Paul says when the Holy Spirit breaks into your life, the law is written on your heart. And I want to live Christianity not just as something I know is true and I really can't live up to. When the Holy Spirit breaks into your life, brothers and sisters, you can live Christianity not as an external law, but from the inside out. To be a Christian is to have the Spirit of God living inside of you. And that's what the baptism of the Lord is about. Today, Jesus is at the Jordan. John baptizes him, and the Holy Spirit falls upon him. The same thing happened to you on the day of your baptism. The day you were baptized, it wasn't just water. And this is the reason I want to talk about this today, is that all through our gospel today, John the Baptist emphasizes that when he baptizes people, it's just water. It's just a symbol. But today in Luke 3, he says that when the Messiah comes, he's going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit. I'm convinced of this. The reason the church oftentimes that we do not experience the power of God in the world is because we're not living from the Holy Spirit. Brothers and sisters, the day you were baptized, the day that you became a member of the family of God, you were given the gift of the Holy Spirit. And to be a Christian means that you and I live from that Holy Spirit. Right, the, the normal way Christians live, and this is Titus again. Let's go back to that. The, the lectionary sometimes, the readings at Mass, they'll skip sections. And here's the section it's skipped today. It says, we ourselves were once foolish. I know what you're thinking. Not me. Right now, I was never foolish. We ourselves were once foolish disobedient, led astray, slaves to various passions and pleasures. The normal way to be a human being is I live for pleasure. I live for comfort. I am disobedient, right? No one's going to tell me how to live my life. We passed our days in malice and envy. Isn't that true? We mask it pretty well. We, there's this malice and envy in our hearts. You've heard me say it before. Envy 
is sorrow at someone else's good. It's a really evil thing. You ever had that? Envy is sorrow at another person's good. I have definitely had that. The, the person I am most envious of in general are priests. Right? When a, a priest does something really, really good, people are like, gosh, Father Brian, if you heard about this priest, he's amazing. And I'm like, yeah, that's awesome. And in my heart, I'm like, that guy is a total chump. I could have done it way better than him. <laughs> that's envy. It's sorrow at another's good. That's the normal way to be human. But when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, he saved us. I don't want to live that way anymore, right? There's this battle inside of me, and the battle is to live as Christ lived. It's to live by the Spirit. The day of my baptism, God gave me the Holy Spirit, and our task is to fan into flames that gift he gave us. Right, Jesus, I want to be a better Christian. Right, and not just because I chose it, but because you live inside of me. My life, my heart is driven no longer simply by looking out for number one for myself, but the Spirit of God drives me to love him above all things and to love others as myself. Which one are you? Your task, brothers, objectively, brothers and sisters, the objectively the day you were baptized, you received the Holy Spirit. But you have to fan that gift into flame. Or you have to live, you have to choose to live that way. So Jesus, today we thank you for your baptism. Right, that you baptize us not just with water, Lord but you baptize with the Holy Spirit. Lord, I want to be a Christian. All of us do. Lord, we want to be Christians from the inside out. Right? Not just going through the motions, not just observing the letter of the law. But Lord, I want my heart to be on fire. And I know the only way I can have that is through your Spirit. Renew him inside of me today. Renew him inside of our, our whole congregation, our whole church. Jesus, today may the Holy Spirit truly make us sons and daughters.